Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. I use the complete idiot's guide to the Bible. Unqualified. Why can't my kids come into the service? Because we have PG-13 services. Unqualified. That has a nice ring to it. Unqualified. I've always felt that way. It wasn't a compliment. Junior church has taken over. It's designed for elementary kids or junior higher. Who doesn't feel unqualified? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes, this is going to sound like that, but it's not. This is Wretched Radio, not a fan of parental pontificators who make blanket statements, universal proclamations telling everybody in the church how they're supposed to raise their children. Now, can a pastor, a teacher ever offer parental instruction? Of course, but because of dynamics, circumstances, histories of individual families, we need to be careful that we don't cross a line and command parents to raise their kids the same way we do when it comes to the subject of education. This is a subject that is increasingly underneath the microscope. Now, I've heard as few as 2 million and as many as 11 million kids have left the public school system in the last couple of years is it because of the pandemic perhaps is it because of what the schools are teaching yeah i suspect that's true for a lot of parents and i would like to share with you some of the things that are going on in public schools not so that i can tell you you got to rip your kid out of that school that is that might be the case but i don't know what your school is like I don't know what they're teaching in a rural elementary school. I don't know who your child's teacher is. So please don't hear that I'm telling you it's time to pull your kid out and you got to homeschool him. I, 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 at this moment, now there could there come a time when we do need to make that sort of proclamation? Yeah, I think so. It sure could. But. There are still some decent schools and there are still some good Christian teachers out there. So with that preamble, that disclaimer, let us tour the country and be shocked at what is happening. I do believe I mentioned this the other day when a quarter of the class identifies as trans. This is a Substack article. And this parent is wondering, what's going on with my kids here? With all the children in my in my my daughter's class of 30. Here's what he writes. The trans population is a tiny minority, less than 0.1% of the population. It's got to be far less than that, frankly. I mean, we're what are we talking? Hundreds, perhaps thousands out of 330 million people. Nevertheless, what's going on at my child's school? What has made the number of trans-identified girls in one year grow from zero? pre-pandemic to 25% now. (laughs) How could this be? What's going on in our schools? And the answer is indoctrination. And mom and dad, you might not be aware of this because they don't want you to know about this. They believe, now when I say they, I don't mean every single teacher in every single school district, but overall current educational theory is that parents don't need to be involved in the parenting of children. We need to do that for them. 
And that's exactly what this fellow says. The school has programs for how children come out. Their official policy, just go with whatever the kids say without informing the parents. If a child says they have a new name, new pronouns, just roll with it. And they create the scenario where an already distressed child, to say the least, ends up cycling through four names in six months. What's going on in the schools? They're encouraging children to not conform to historical heteronormative gender binaries. You say, what was that sentence? Let me take you to another article from City Journal. Headline, The Dismantlers. Might as well call it The Deconstructors. San Diego Unified School District has adopted the principles of academic queer theory. You say, I'm not familiar with this academic theory. Here it is. The ultimate goal of dismantling heteronormativity and promoting a constellation of new sexual identities, such as genderqueer, non-binary, pansexual, and two-spirit. Oh, the two-spirit. Well, that is... What's that? I have no idea (laughs) because I'm not an academic expert. The materials follow the basic premise of queer theory. Here it is. White White Europeans created a false gender binary and used the categories of male and female to dominate racial and sexual minorities. Really? What an interesting idea because it's not even a theory. What proof do they have of this? Do they have minutes from the meeting that was held in, no doubt, Amsterdam to discuss these? A group. See, Jimmy. Yes. You don't know this type of stuff, but I do. Okay. Here's, here's what happened. I'm just going to do a dramatic recreation. Uh, but what we have the minutes from the meeting. So this is this is how the thing went down. Uh, gentlemen, white men, superior humans, thank you for being here. I'm translating this, by the way, from Amsterdamian language we need to discuss how we're going to keep oppressing people now the old feudal system seems to be falling apart so how well i guess this actually would have been pre-feudal the point is we don't know the date the the minutes don't have an actual date on them what are we going to do to keep oppressing people any ideas let's the floor is open jim jim you got an idea yeah i i was thinking you just anybody who uh doesn't uh, submit to us white men club them just so we always carry a club around and we just beat them over the head well you know that's going to be really hard to do and what if they have a club so maybe thanks jim let's we'll uh we'll we'll consider that but anybody else have any other I- larry larry what do you got yeah well i was thinking now just work with me on this i was just thinking if we (laughs) this is gonna sound kind of crazy because the whole world disagrees with this but just just work with me we try to persuade the world that there are only boys and girls pinks and blues now just hold on i know i know i know i know sounds crazy but we persuade the world that there's only male and female and Males are bigger, better, and stronger, and women need to stay at home barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen because they're the weaker sex. And if we can foist that on everybody, we can keep them in subjection and oppress them. That's a really interesting idea, Larry. Although I'm not familiar with your 
your lingo about gender binaries and heteronormativity, what you're saying is we should try to persuade everybody that there's a difference between men and women and that the natural procreative order is a male with a female. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He would have been voted down. But we don't have those minutes. We don't have those records. This is nothing but fiction created whole cloth out of thin air. The dismantlers talking about San Diego Unified. The system of heteronormativity forces students to conform to these norms. They are assigned a sex at birth. Okay, Larry, so how do we start this program? It starts at birth. When a child comes out, if that little thing has this body part, we're going to call it something. And impose that gender. What's a gender? Just work with me. We're going to impose that gender on that child. And then they'll be ours forever. This is just nonsense. That they, this, is, this is almost as ridiculous as evolutionary theory. Not quite. But it's getting there. The system of heteronormativity forces students to conform because they're assigned a sex at birth. Pressed into the identities of man and woman. And expected to have heterosexual relationships culminating in marriage and kids. All right, anybody got any other ideas we can work with here to subjugate the people and oppress them? Stan, what do you got? I was thinking, we create this uh, institution where one of these males and one of these females get married in a lifelong covenantal relationship and have children and grandchildren. Stan, I think you're onto something here. Let's get this going, everybody. Now, how did they get this information out? How was this meeting concluded? What was the strategy for getting every country on the planet to adopt these gender heteronormative non-binary marriage imposition oppressive ideas onto the culture they didn't because it's absolute and utter nonsense but that is exactly what they are teaching kids in school the gender binary has created an unjust society jimmy Yes, we've talked about this. I know we don't cook fish in the microwave and you don't open a can of CRT because it stinks. I dropped it. The gender binary has created an unjust society that distributes heterosexual and cisgender privilege, the sexual analog to the concept of white privilege. Administrators explain a heterosexual cisgender person automatically receives this privilege and benefits members of dominant groups at the expense of target groups. Resulting in institutional power. Sound like CRT? It certainly is. And this is what they are trying to indoctrinate our children with. But alas, there's still more next on Wretched Radio. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local church 
Caucasus, it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Okay, so I've got a question for you. When was the last time you stuck something in the mail that actually made it to its destination on time? Has it been a while? We feel your pain because at the Wretched Store, we've also been having trouble promising delivery dates for your purchases, and we don't like that at all. Which is why our annual digital sale couldn't have come at a better time. Tomorrow through Sunday, you'll find the digital download and stream of select resources in the Wretched Store marked 50% off. And that's a win-win-win. How so? Simple. Number one, half-off regular price. That's a win for you. Number two, immediate delivery and no waiting on the postal service. Another win for you. And number three, you're happy because you've saved money and didn't have to wait. That's a win for us. See, a win-win-win for everyone all the way around. So don't miss this opportunity that only comes around once a year. Our annual digital sale tomorrow through Sunday only at the Wretched Store at Wretched. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. The book of Micah contains prophecies against the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. Micah warns of God's judgment for idolatry and oppressing the poor, but he offers hope of salvation in the coming Messiah, who is a shepherd, a judge, and a ruler. Those whom God has saved are charged to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with their God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, a dramatic recreation of your dining room table. Well, not, not the table itself, but the people at the table. This is Wretched Radio. Everybody sits down to a meal. You've bowed your head to pray. And then the parents start talking to their kids. Typically, it starts with, could you please put your cell phone down? You know the rule. Don't put yourself. You don't. There's nothing on there that you need to. Okay. Tell me, how was your day? Fine. Tell me, what did you learn? Yeah, nothing. What, what did you study today? Uh, yeah. Did they try to tell you that you're terrible for being a white heterosexual? Oh, you know. Why do our kids adopt values that are so distant from biblical Christianity in part, not in totality, but in part, it is because of what is being taught at the schools. 
that the educators who believe that you mom and dad are dumb and you are traditional and you're old fashioned and you're regressive, you are a knuckle dragger and they know better and they're going to teach your kids how to think about gender issues, marriage issues and how they are supposed to go about the business of utilizing God's good gift of intimacy. The San Diego School District has adopted a program that you should hear about because I know it's California, but there's a real good chance this is being taught in your school. There is a very even if, even if you might be thinking, well, no, they've never talked about this exactly because they don't talk about it. They just implement it and they keep it from parents so that they can teach their kid that your kids absolute nonsense. In a document published by San Diego Unified, administrators celebrate non-binary identities, arguing there must be a linguistic revolution to move beyond gender binaries. A revolution in linguistics? What is that? Well, it, it's, it's one of the tactics of the progressives these days. Change the lingo. Change the argument. Relabel. Redefine. And then people will be forced to accept our really horrid ideologies because we frame them in a way that makes them look terrible for not embracing our horrible ideas. A, lingu a linguistic revolution. That's perfect. In a training produced jointly by San Diego Unified School District and Planned Parenthood, Administrators walk teachers through the constellation of new identities and advise them to eliminate traditional language from their vocabulary. Men are to be called a name that I would never use. I can't share it with you as I can't share with you what it is that they're teaching the children, because I wouldn't talk about this with the guys in the locker room, let alone with my wife let alone with ladies, let alone with any other human, because these are not conversations that should be had in a public school with our children. I'm going to edit this violently. Men should be called people with a particular body part, and women are to be called people with a different body part. Because according to the district, some women have the other body part and some men have the other body part. This is being taught to grade school kids. The district points out that teachers can assist in a child's gender transition without notifying parents. And that under California law, minors of any age can consent to pregnancy testing, birth control, and abortion. The training programs include simple questions on sexualities that teachers might address in the classroom. Including, I can't ask that one. I do not want to ponder that one. Oh, here's one. What is porn? There, we, we can say that question. Why? What is porn? Everybody knows what it is. Ah, this goes further. This celebrates it. This teaches you how to watch it wisely so you can benefit from it. Uh, can't ask that question. <laughs> uh, okay. Nope. Not going to talk about that one. Huh? Nope. Nope on that one. <laughs> it's stuff that used to be in the exclusive realm of the parent to discuss with their children. 
And even if they didn't do it well, that is the parental right. But they are teaching these things to our children in schools. I know this is California, the Department of Education advocating books promoting gender transitions to kindergartners. High schoolers are taught how to kneel during the national anthem. That's cool. And they read a book called Call Me Max, a book listed as being appropriate for grades K through 2. It's about a student who, quote, lets his teacher know he wants to be called by a boy's name. That's because he is actually a she and wants to be Max. And that is what they're having kindergartners read. Are they doing that in your school? Don't know. And, and mom and dad, I will go this far. If you don't know, I think you should. This is what they're reading to children? For middle schoolers, the main character of the book, Rick, grapples with his own identity after being uncomfortable with his father's jokes about girls and his best friend's explicit talk about sex. This is being taught to middle school. It's a book for middle schoolers. <sighs> that somebody thinks, yes, this is what the kids need to know, and they hack it out on a typewriter. It gets published by somebody who goes, yeah, that's good stuff right there. That's academic queer theory. Let's let's adopt that book and let's put that one into the library. I, Jimmy, did you see the story? It was on Fox News. I haven't been able to read the article yet, but the headline was something like a school district banned certain books from the library. I have not. Including the Bible. Oh, they so they banned the good books. <laughs> For high schoolers, the reading guide recommends the book Stay Gold. With two main characters, one named Pony, who is concealing his transgender identity, and Georgia, a cisgender cheerleader, counting the days until she graduates. That's what's being encouraged and forced on our children in schools. And if you don't think that's bad enough, the dismantlers. This is, this is the article from the City Journal. That describes all of the filthy things that they're teaching our children and then tells us that they are intentionally keeping all of this intentionally from you. What should a parent do? Might I suggest I'm not saying you should pull your kid out of public school. That is not that's 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 stepping way over a line, isn't it? But find out what's going on. What are, what are they having your children read? Your kids aren't going to tell you. You can't get it out of them at the dinner table. <laughs> U.S. House officially abandoned support for traditional marriage. This is from Joe Carter. Interesting. In the House, 88% of representatives identify as Christian. Yet 63% voted to abandon the Christian view of marriage by voting for. Here's, here's your linguistics revolution. Uh, it's called what Jimmy, do you know the name of the law that are the thing that they just passed in in the House, but it's probably not going to make it in the Senate. And it's it's making sure that any configuration can get married. It's like the Marriage Fairness Act. Yeah, I think that's what uh, <laughs> marriage equality, marriage yeah, fairness, something. That's a linguistics revolution. Hey, Jimmy, yes. we got ourselves a debt and inflation problem, so we're gonna spend trillions of dollars. Huh. Makes weird. so much sense. An inflation reduction program by spending. How does that work exactly? Everything is linguistics, isn't it? The Republicans, 44, uh, 47 of them voted for this Marriage Fairness Act. That's fascinating. 
because 88% of them identify as Christian. And 63% voted to abandon the Christian view of marriage. Huh. Whether you consider it a first, second, or third order doctrine, the Orthodox Christian position on marriage is that we cannot endorse same-sex marriage. But about 63% of Americans who identify as Christian, um, 71% of Americans support same-sex marriage meaning there's a significant overlap between those who consider themselves to be Christian and those who support same-sex marriage. Well, to his credit, Joe said this, the church must commit to speaking the truth of the gospel and how it applies to this issue. Specifically, we need to make it clear to our neighbors in the pews beside us that we cannot love our neighbor and tolerate unrepentant rebellion against God. We cannot continue with the go-along-and-get-along mentality that is leading those we love to destruction. What does that look like? Well, I think that's something that does indeed need to be worked out very thoughtfully and entirely biblically. But whilst we have that conversation, mom and dad, might I be so bold as to offer you homework? I would never be so presumptive to tell you what to do about your kids in public schools. You're the, you're the one responsible for your children. You and I are the ones who give an account for how we raised our own kids. So I will not tell you what to do with your kids. That's your call. But might I suggest you go about the business of finding out what they're teaching in your kids' schools? And you're going to have to dig. And you're going to have to say, I want to see this stuff. I want to see everything my kid is being taught. Because if you do not disclose, there are, there are legal ways for us to get it. And we will. Because we believe parents are the ones responsible for raising our own children. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, how's this for a little irony? 650 Google employees have signed a petition because apparently Google hasn't been woke enough for them. The employees are looking for even more abortion tourism benefits from the company, even though woke Google has already announced that they would cover the entire cost of an employee's abortion and allow employees to apply for relocation without justification. That's not enough for these employees. They want Google to offer the same benefits to vendors, contractors, and temporary employees too. So if I'm reading that correctly, they want Google to fund the folks who work on the company's air conditioners or bring the water cooler water to have abortions too. What kind of nonsense is that? The New Jersey Teachers Union absolutely hates all parents. You want to know how I know? We don't agree on everything in New Jersey, but we all agree that our kids deserve a world-class education. So when extremists start attacking our schools, that's not who we are. That was a new ad that was just released by the teachers union and the images that were shown over the portion talking about extremists were parents standing at school board meetings. Parents in New Jersey, if you care and speak up for your child, you're an extremist. Now, the city of Nashville is offering tax breaks and incentives to local businesses, but not to help them during a time of recession. Yes, I said recession, but to encourage the businesses to fund out-of-state abortions and travel expenses for their employees. Tennessee statewide ban on abortion goes into effect next Thursday, and it appears the city of Nashville is doing all it can to make sure babies continue being murdered. Before I comment on this next story... 
Just listen. See, that's how I know you still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. Even found out that Movado, you can buy a Movado watch in Sam's. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is the whole way in August. I still ain't got it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me kick down the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. Yep. That's a pastor, a term I'm using very loosely, from Kansas City berating his broke and poor congregants for not buying him a fancy watch that he wanted and asked them for. <laughs> you know what? I cannot say that I've ever heard a biblical pastor from a biblical church ever yelling at his sheep for not buying him fancy clothes and watches. But I guess the key word there is biblical. A Child Protective Services employee in Houston's been fired because she was caught on camera telling a 14-year-old girl to become a prostitute if she did not want to starve to death. She also told the girl she could make $1,500 a day as a prostitute. I wonder if that lady knows what the word protective even means. More Ratchet Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ in the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. A Good Shepherd protects, directs, provides, and cares for His sheep. Jesus laid down His life for His sheep. No one can snatch them out of His hand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thank you. Thank you, Laura Ingram. This is Wretched Radio. In a weak moment, I confess, I lingered on the Fox News channel. I just wanted to see the primary election results. Is that a sin? Well, <laughs> we'll debate that another day. But there I am watching Laura Ingram talk about election results. And of course, Liz Cheney's <laughs> disastrous run in Wyoming. And her referencing herself as Abe Lincoln. And then she decided to shift gears into a subject that I actually did have a keen interest in. And it was to answer the question, why don't people work in America anymore? Why do we see so many people sitting on the sidelines at home, watching porn, playing video games. Okay, she didn't frame it that way. I did. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. Let's hear her take. And not surprisingly, her explanation for why people don't work was connected to the government, specifically liberal democratic programs that promote largesse, that are bloated welfare programs, that have offered people money to stay home during the pandemic. That's why, thought Laura Ingram. Nobody wants to go to work anymore. Well, I didn't think that that was a very holistic response. Now, could that be a part of it? Sure, I wouldn't argue that. But I think it's because of a loss of the Protestant work ethic. We used to teach our kids to work. In fact, to work hard. To come home tired. And then you just find yourself a second win so that you can be good for your family. We are working people because God works. We used to teach our kids that. We used to model it. We didn't helicopter. We didn't lawnmower for our kids. We were willing a long time ago to let our kids get their hands dirty, skin their knees, go to a job that isn't very fun because, well, that's what humans do. They work. And then we taught them, hey, you maybe don't like cleaning the meat market 
because I really didn't. But do it well. Do it excellently. Work the way that God does, and you will be surprised at how you advance in life because hard work tends to be rewarded. We don't teach that anymore. And so if people have the opportunity to sit at home and do nothing, they're willing to take it because it's not a sin. In fact, the government's dumb enough. I'll take it. Laura Ingram blamed it on the government. Perhaps she's partly correct. But then she did what so many talking heads do these days. And I just found myself going, ah, she said, this is this is terrible. And this is the demise of a country. And this has got to stop. We've got to do something. My next guest is here to talk about. Well, what are we? What you just you got us all agitated. We, we see that people are being lazy and this isn't good for society. And we can't take this. We got to do something. And then she never offers any sort of roadmap forward for us. Perhaps, maybe we Christians can do that. And we need to recognize without this sounding postmodern that everybody's roadmap is going to be a little bit different. Just like it would be really foolish and super arrogant of me to tell you what to do with your kids in public schools. I mean, honestly, at any rate, not going to do that, nor am I going to say this is exactly what you have to do when it comes to social issues and confronting those people who are promoting wickedness. So this is not an effort to try to tell you exactly what to do. This is merely to offer some ideas that perhaps each of us can noodle in the context of our own families and then apply them. I was reading this article. Joe Carter wrote, The church must commit to speaking the truth of the gospel. This is in regard to marriage and the redefining of marriage. The church must commit to speaking the truth of the gospel and how it applies. Specifically, we need to make it clear Listen to these words, especially to our neighbors in the pews besides us, that we cannot love our neighbor and tolerate unrepentant rebellion against God. That sentence caught my attention. Have you been wondering whether or not you should speak up? Have you been wondering if it's incumbent upon the Christian to use pronouns or to call them by their actual pronouns? Have you have you wrestled with that? If you haven't, you will be. I, I got to tell you, I thank you, gospel partners, that, that I get to work in this ministry because we don't have debates about pronouns here. <laughs> but I know a lot of people do. There are so many believers that are dealing with this. They get the dreaded email Next Wednesday, 2 p.m., get ready for diversity, equality, and inclusion training. No, no. And then you go in and take a drubbing, and you're made to feel terrible because you're heteronormative and you believe in gender binary and, well, you're white. You are told to repent. You are told to affirm and to recognize I've got so much to learn and so much to be sorry for. You go to that class, what do you do? Do you speak up? Don't you? Far be it from me to tell you what to do because I get it. Every circumstance is different. And this is not to be pragmatic or Machiavellian. Same thing. This is to simply encourage us to start thinking through these issues. And I think 
what's starting to tip the scale for me, because historically I've said I can understand somebody who would say I, 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 I can use their pronoun. I, 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 it's like, OK, I, I get why there might be circumstances, why you increasingly I'm thinking I don't I don't know that we can. I, I don't think that we can affirm people's sinful delusion and maybe just maybe taking a little bit of a play from biblical counseling will help us to determine, OK, do I use the pronouns, not use the pronouns? Do I sign the statement that says everybody's wonderful and I'm terrible? How do we make our way through this? I think it is by using a biblical counseling practice. There are eight eyes in biblical counseling, one of which is interpretation. Taking somebody's understanding of their problem, their sin struggle, their confusion, their lack of understanding, and then interpreting it biblically. Classic example, somebody says, I'm an alcoholic. The biblical counselor says, well, let's take a look and see what the Bible says. Nope, you don't have a disease. You're a drunkard. And now we can get to work on your sin problem. In other words, biblical counseling removes the malady from the realm of the psychological into the realm of the biblical. And I think we need to do that when it comes to all of these issues that are confronting us. What are they doing when they're teaching children that a boy can be a girl and teaching them so much smut, so much filth? What are they doing? They're sinning. They are sinning. They're transgressing. That's why this statement caught my attention. We cannot love our neighbor and tolerate unrepentant rebellion against God. So the teachers that are downloading this to our children, they're in rebellion to God. Can we not speak? We must speak. Now, this should motivate how we speak, because we remember this isn't merely about an ideology or a political agenda. This is about eternity. This is about a human's relationship with their maker. And that should cause us to speak it lovingly. But I think it should cause us to speak From the article, we cannot continue with the go along to get along mentality that is leading those we love to destruction. Maybe understanding that what we are seeing in our culture is a trespass issue. This isn't just about foolishness. There's plenty of that. But this is about individuals who are kicking the goads that are rebelling against God. And they're trying to encourage our children to rebel. And they seem to be willing to keep any information from us if we disagree with their agenda. What does it look like today to stand and speak? I think we need to, I think we need to give grace. I think there's a, you're at work. And Bob now presents himself as Brenda and has informed everybody that his pronouns are rock and banana. Because why not? What are you going to do? Do you have to go, excuse me, uh, Bob, because I, I can't call you Brenda and, and affirm you in your delusion because you're living in a sinful lifestyle. I, I sure would like to help you work through the. Do you have to do that in the hallway? No. Might you? Yes. But do you have to? No. Because of circumstances, it would be more harmful than helpful. Don't use trivialities as excuses. 
But we need to recognize that there are times when you don't have to always speak up and say something. There's context and considerations, but when we frame these issues biblically and we recognize that people who have sexual confusion are living in sexually unbiblical lifestyles, they're in danger, they're in trouble. So what is our message to them? Well, stop, put a pair of pants on, Brenda, Bob, whatever your Ziploc banana, whatever your, they need regeneration. They need the gospel. Perhaps we could agree on that one point, that now as much as ever, the world needs the gospel. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable Biblical Health Sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Why do we believe so much in biblical counseling? And let's comments like these. I just haven't thought of it that way. Pretty intense, huh? Those are comments from real people receiving real biblical counseling for real issues in season one of Transformed. Released this year, Transformed is like nothing else you'll see on Christian TV. You're a fly on the wall witnessing real biblical counseling sessions. With Dr. Greg Gifford, professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University, he's our host and biblical counselor conducting these sessions, which deal with issues like anxiety, OCD, anger, trauma, depression, and much more. And Dr. Dale Johnson, the executive director of ACBC, is our other host. Dr. Johnson chalk talks the sessions to provide a deeper understanding of biblical counseling. Transformed is truly a one-of-a-kind production, providing you with an up-close look at the hope and relief only the Bible can provide. Transformed, from brokenness to wholeness. And it's available now at transformed.org. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear... Everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Names of God. 
We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. How now shall we speak? This is Wretched Radio. Joe Rogan, mega popular influencer, and he actually is an influencer. <laughs> Unlike people who make a TikTok dance video, they're labeled as an influencer. Joe Rogan actually is. Millions of people listen to his podcast. They Love this guy because of his mostly conservative take on some things. But Joe is very not Christian. That's right. He's very not Christian. He's made it clear. He really disdains the idea of a creator who is going to hold us accountable. He has spoken quite vociferously against Jesus Christ. And yet... To his credit, he's willing to allow guests into his studio who hold differing views and, as you're about to hear, appears to be willing to hear and be influenced. An influencer being influenced. Joe Rogan recently was visited from Seth Dillon from Babylon B. I don't know much about, no, I don't know anything about Seth other than (laughs) he's the CEO of the Babylon B. And he entered the Joe Rogan experience, and perhaps just maybe we can study how Seth interacted with Joe regarding the issue of abortion and learn how to speak and be encouraged that we can speak and should speak and, frankly, must speak. You don't have the right to tell my 14-year-old daughter she has to carry her rapist baby. You understand that? To look that woman in the eye who was the born of a rapist. Do you understand that? That's a 14-year-old child. That is a powerful argument. That is argument by anecdote. And you can hear by Joe Rogan's, from Joe Rogan's tone, um, he's not excited about the pro-life position. He sounds a little bit aggressive frankly. If you, a 14-year-old child gets raped, you say that they have to carry that baby? I don't think two wrongs make a right. I don't think that's murder, not, I don't I don't think think murder is an answer to, I don't think murder fixes a rape. What if we're talking about an abortion when the fetus, like, literally it's like six weeks, four weeks, three days. What if she just turned positive just now? Positive for pregnancy. I don't. I well, I just disagree that. What if can, it just happened today? You can like draw a line on when. You can't. Like, once so you can't begun, do, I don't at think the you draw very lines. moment. I would lay it out like this. I would say, it is wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human life. Nicely done, Seth. He he might have watched Life is Best, available at wretched.org. Abortion intentionally kills an innocent human life. Therefore, abortion is wrong. And I don't think any of the, I don't think any of the examples of like, oh, well, how developed is it? You know, can it? Can it think? Is it conscious? Can it dream? Can it feel pain? So for you, it's the moment of conception. I think that if it's a if it's a human life, an indis- a distinct human life, then I think it's wrong to abort the child. Amen to that. Now, Seth maintained his composure despite the fact that Joe was being pretty aggressive and he didn't get squishy on it. And he used a beautiful syllogism, which brings the issue of life back to its fundamental question, which is what is it? 
when does life begin? Is it heartbeat? They can feel pain, sentience. What, what, when they breathe air? What, what, when does life begin? Well, who's going to draw that line? How's about, we ask the question, what is it? And the answer is, it's a life, specifically a human life. There has never been a human sperm that met a human egg that created a Dairy Queen swirl cone. It always produces a human. And when it starts growing a conception, that means it's a life. Joe Rogan, not willing to give in on his position yet. Do you think that Even. once, do you think that like once the conception happens, there's some sort of a miraculous event, like at the very moment, like you could literally <laughs> get to the point where the sperm cracks the egg. If you could scoop that egg out right there, would that be abortion? <laughs> yes. It's a life. And everything that is you was there at conception. Everything. Well, I mean, at some point you're going to have to say there was a magic moment that happened because you believe that we eventually become valuable humans, right? Well, listen, Wh- where's, I, the, where's the moment where you think the magic happened when we start talking about harm? You know, that's a great question. That's a, that's a Greg Kokel tactic right there. And I, I recognize it was a radio dynamic, and Joe's, you know, he's trying to, and if, and if Seth says something smart, you just kind of steamroll over it. But if you can camp on a thoughtful question, when is the magic moment to you? And how do you know that? And what if your standard can be demonstrated to be fallacious? Asking a well-placed question is very helpful, and I think that's exactly what we just heard. An individual remaining calm under fire asking, so when do you think that it, life begins? Misinformation and the, t- the types of things that are considered like that I say or that we tweet or the jokes that we make, they're considered harmful mis- misinformation. I'm like, well, what about what about calling that baby a clump of cells? I think that's harmful misinformation because then you're, you're encouraging people to kill it like it's nothing when it's actually a human life. It's a developing human life. I think abortion is health care the way that rape is lovemaking. Oof. He doesn't sound mad. He's calm, cool, and collected. And he's not backing down. In fact, it seems to me that through his rather quiet demeanor, the tables are actually starting to turn. If we want to, if we want to use rape as an example, I think it's, I think they're, they're opposites. And, and, and it's like a, a, these are euphemisms that we use. You know, we use the word healthcare. We're talking about a procedure that ends an innocent human life and we're calling it healthcare. That's like calling rape lovemaking. And this is why it's such a a human issue. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. This might be a little sloppy. I'm rewinding the tape. Listen to the tone. You don't have the right to tell my 14-year-old daughter she has to carry her rapist baby. You understand that? To look that woman in the eye who was the born of a rape. Listen, do you understand that? That's a 14-year-old. Listen, listen. This is a guy who is not happy with somebody who has the pro-life position. This is two minutes And nine seconds later, after Seth was calm, cool, collected, but spoke truthfully. And this is why it's such a a human issue, because I see what you're saying. Tone change and at least a consideration of a position change. Life is valuable. Like, yes. And people have almost were the victims of abortion and they weren't. They, they went on to become these amazing people and we right. would have lost them. Sometimes it's a failed abortion. Like there's people who have su- survived like a saline abortion, but they lived and now they're born. They usually. By the way, did you hear that little sound effect? It wasn't me blowing air. That that was Joe Rogan. Listen, it's a failed abortion. Like there's people who have su- survived like a saline abortion, but they lived and now they're born. 
they usually go on, ironically enough, to become pro-life uh, activists. Oh, well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. But it makes sense. I mean, that's what made you. Yeah. Wouldn't you be a pro-life activist? Probably wouldn't be. Wow. Wowza. You might, if you were in Seth's shoes, found a reason to demure from that conversation, to not speak up. But he did, and he didn't sound agitated. And a gentle answer, a soft answer, turns away wrath. Joe was angry, and suddenly he became temperate and rather pleasant-sounding, willing to say, huh, this kind of makes sense. You might not be invited onto the Joe Rogan experience, (laughs) but you are invited into other experiences, whether it's the workplace the school place, the neighborhood place. We have an opportunity, and I would increasingly suggest to you the obligation to not be as silent as we've been. What, what is the, the political, t- uh, the silent majority? Well, they just don't say anything because. And I get it. These days, the repercussions for speaking truth, they're, it's no joke which really has implications for the local church. If we're going to encourage people to speak up and they lose their job, what's the church going to do? It might change the dynamic of Christianity radically. It might change the the ways that we spend money and energy in the local church. If we're going to tell parents, hey, you got to know what's going on in the public schools, you might want to think about that and see what your kid is being instructed with because it's really awful in a lot of places, the church might then have to say, and we'll help. We'll figure out a way to help. We, 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 we maybe, maybe we aren't going to have the dunk tank this year at, at the community festival where we give everybody a slice of apple pie. Maybe instead those resources and energy are going to go toward helping fellow believers who are willing in this time to take the knocks For being a Christian who speaks the truth, might I remind us, because I do think this is crucial, this is not a screed. This is not a fist pound. You've got to start saying this. You've got to do this with your kids. Uh Uh-uh. But might I encourage you to at least formulate a biblical approach to responding to a world that is Joe Rogan-like hostile? toward Christian values, this this might become like evangelism. We always encourage people, but hey, before you hit the streets, practice. Somebody in your family play the pagan, unless, of course, they are the pagan, and then you can just actually do the real witness encounter. But, but perhaps it's time to role play how we're going to interact, respond at work, in, in, in schools, and in our neighborhoods. Discuss, and until tomorrow, go serve your king.